This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, what's happening? This is TC Carson, and you are listening to ACMG's Talk Time Live. And this is Kratos. Keep listening. This week, I talk about the game industry and media speaking out on unfinished release games. I then run down the development history of Cyberpunk 2077, along with the unethical and controversial actions of CD Projekt Red. I also give my thoughts on the article that talks about Yakuza creator Toshihiro Nagoshi in the pages of Game Informer. I also give my thoughts on doing the unthinkable, and that is playing Resident Evil 6 and... In our final stage, I talk about what I want to see and what we need to see in 2021 in the game industry. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Welcome back to another episode of Select Start. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. I hope everybody's having a great week. As always, this is Friday. So you know what that means. We got a lot of gaming to talk about. And of course, WandaVision episode five comes out today too. So that we'll say that for Sunday, but I digress. Um, before we do that, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to everybody who checked out all of the interviews on, our, on, on TalkTimeLive.com by way of youtube i don't look at youtube much i don't do youtubing like everybody else youtubes and a lot of it has to do with just like it's just a lot more on my plate so i just you know when i do these interviews these video interviews it's mostly for the acmg facebook group but i also do put it out on youtube and link it onto my uh to my talktimelive.com page and when i do i don't look at it afterwards i just keep it moving well, I decided to look back and I noticed that quite a bit of my interviews have been listened, watched in particular. The one I had with actor Brian Donovan, a.k.a. the voice of Rock Lee, which was viewed over 5,000 times 
and was well received for the most part. Um, Tom Gibbons is another one uh, who's the voice of Shikamaru Naro on Naruto. Yes, I have a lot of Naruto characters on my show. Practically almost every single uh, actor who's played on here, virtually. I haven't gotten the actor who played Kakashi yet or uh, Sakura, but everybody else, yes, I have. Um, but, you know, with that said, thank everybody who, you know, actually enjoyed watching that interview and all of the interviews if you want to go to the source i actually do have a youtube channel and that is viewfinders isad that is the name of the uh design group design firm that i run as well but that's where acmg is under and that's where talk time live is under as well so you could go to viewfinders isad you could go there you could go to talktimelive.com and look at all of that there it's easier probably to find it there as well because i have a dedicated page for all the exclusive interviews as well on the on that website so you know go there you probably have an easier time but it all links to the viewfinders isad page but nonetheless thank everybody who actually enjoyed that and you did so much more to enjoy on that page as well I actually just posted uh, a live performance of the uh, hip hop artist underground hip hop artist uh, none like Joshua uh, for those who know him he raps about a lot of anime and all that stuff too really cool hardcore nerdcore um, hip hop artist uh, ultra instinct mode which is based upon you know Goku's recent uh, trans transformation and most powerful transformation to date uh, he rapped about that in, his, in the fight with him and Jiren on Dragon Ball Super. Go out, of your way, go out of your way to check that out. It's on my page. It is it's one of my favorite songs. It is so hardcore. I uh, just reposted it on the ACMG Facebook group, and it, it, it gets you charged up, man. It, it, it gets you really hyped. So go out of your way to check it out. If you're playing Dragon Ball Fighters and you're playing against you know people online, that's the song that you want to listen to when you're playing that because guarantee you're going to go raw you're going to go hard and raw on people seriously <laughs> so go out of your way to check it out there but i digress we got a lot of news to talk about today most of which is going to be covered in the pages of game informer of this month's game informer i subscribe to game informer a lot it's a great book it's one of the last magazines out there for gaming uh I remember, you know, I grew up with Game Pro, with like Game Pro, EGM, stuff like that. Game Informer was like one of the last Game Fan, if, the, if people remember that. Uh, Game Informer is the last of the of the generation of that, but they also reverted to digital form as well. So, thank goodness they still do this. And I, you know, have my iPad. I get a new issue every t every single uh, month. And normally they have some great issues, some great articles. I never really talk about much in terms of what they provide, but this one was very significant because it touched my soul in reference to what I've been talking about for quite some time. So a lot of the articles that are in this issue, I'm gonna be talking about on this episode, uh, including the editorial this time which i really do i listen i actually read the editorials i appreciate some of the editorials that were done but now they have a new editor-in-chief andrew reiner who gave his thoughts on something that many have been talking about lately and that is the release of unfinished games and day one patches he voiced his his not only his opinion but his disdain that was now being heard by a lot of gamers and some people in the industry as well 
he gives the example and i like how he gives this example of star wars movies that was seen on the day of release without special effects as being advertised so imagine if you i look all right some people will give star wars movies i say marvel movies which makes billions of millions of dollars per movie imagine going to see infinity war and endgame as it is advertised on a trailer to get you hype as they always do they marvel studios comes out with the best trailers ever and you're hyped for this you're there the day is finally here you ready to see this movie and without a doubt all of the special effects and cgi that was promised it's not all there you don't you get to see half the movie because they didn't make it in time to do everything that they need to do in the movie so they rushed it and put it out imagine that how would you feel if you pay money to go to anticipate this movie only for it to be half finished you wouldn't be happy at all you would be utterly disappointed you'd be all over twitter and instagram whatever like that and social media in general just talking in anger about it well that's the way you should be feeling as well for the gaming industry when they do these day one patches and these unfinished games i know there are people who try to use um confirmation bias to try to defend their investment but if you really you shouldn't you don't you have the right not to be happy you have the right to be wrong <laughs> in this case like it, and it's and i'm saying that as to say is like people feel that because they spent money they hyped up this thing and it comes out to be crap that they are embarrassed that they are embarrassed about um you know endorsing this and praising this no it's not your fault it's the fault of the gaming industry so if they give you a game like cyberpunk 2077 marvel avengers 2k19 for wwe um i can name a bunch well those are the ones who, that comes to my mind i'm sorry not 1918 for uh wwe because it was 2018 that was a total crap 19 was really the best one that ukes made I, I should i really want to straighten that one out but um what if you you're supposed to be upset it's not your fault you should not feel like you're to blame for buying something that you thought that should have been a great experience because that's the idea of them coming out with these games and it, it's it's crazy and now we need more people like andrew reiner and game informer to speak out now granted they did give the pc version a high um a high uh review while they gave the console version a mediocre review because that's the way it's supposed to be you know if this was a pc only game this would be awesome but this is not a pc only game this is a game that was meant to be for all systems and they didn't do it so this should not be tolerated by anyone especially fans and consumers who invest so much money to suspend their disbelief in the midst of what is going on in the real world it's the last thing we need is for our games to be crappy let alone everything that was going on in 2020 to be crappy and i could be wrong but it feels like the last four years felt like many companies like the like um the ones that we're talking about now think that they could get away with doing some of the most unethical actions and not take responsibility for it because a certain influencer in in dc at the time was doing the most unethical things and not taking responsibility for it that's just me i could be wrong but it, it feels like when the biggest influencer in the country starts doing things 
people fall suit and feel like they could do it because he's doing it. It happens. That's exactly the way it does. We rely on that influencer to to create the structure of our country. And the structure that was being created was not ethical at all. Damn right immoral at times. So it gave some people leeway to feel to think that they could do stuff like this and people won't say anything well now we're all speaking out on everything <laughs> it looks like that is about to change and thanks to the outcry of fans and people all over we're starting to see this it, it we're hearing it louder and louder now the other thing that uh rainer talks about is whether games uh gamers or gaming consumers i should say will be quick to pre-order future AAA games featuring um fearing that the situation may happen again and i i agree that may actually happen um i for me personally if i get burnt once and burnt majorly by a company like cd project red i'm gonna be hesitant i was hesitant after um 2k18 but 2k19 came and i waited till after reviews came out for that because i was really skeptical and then i heard 2020 was doing the exact same thing that 2018 did and a lot of that had to do with ukes coming out you know that that to me i'm like no fool me one shame on you <laughs> but then also you got crystal dynamics who created the absolutely terrific fantastic even tomb raider and then only for them to do what they did with marvel studios i mean with marvel um avengers and i'm being i was being highly disappointed and not only just the fact that it was unfinished that there was a lot of bugs into it but also their 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 transaction structures monetary transaction structures i should say so all of that combined to me is like i can't this is not one of my favorite companies and i'm not gonna mess with them you know I, I can't i'll stick to the bandai namcos and the capcoms any day you know and, and, and uh tech mccoys and all those you know who don't who comes out with games finished nintendo nintendo for god's sake is the epitome of coming out with finished games name one game that nintendo has come out that was unfinished they ne never that's why they stay solid all this time Okay, I mean, it, it, it's just, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. Square Enix, another one. Name a game that came out unfinished from Square Enix. I can tell you how many games took forever to come out, but guess what? When they came out, they were solid as hell. Not one game that, they, that Square Enix made was glitchy or buggy. Not one. Not one. I can't even tell you. <laughs> so, companies like EA... 2k games and recently crystal dynamics with marvel avengers have been conducting this practice with the exact results the exact same results as what many have experienced with cyberpunk so uh the one thing i believe i wanted articles i read in this uh issue of game informer was that cyberpunk that everybody's pointing fingers at cyberpunk as if they were the first one they were not the first one ea's done it 2k games has done it crystal dynamics recently did it cyberpunk is not the recent one but i tell you what cyberpunk did is the first one to do is to apologize about what they've done none of the other companies that i mentioned ever apologize for what they've done with the games that they have and sweat instead they do the normal corporate structure of sweeping it under the rug and acting like it didn't happen or or wording it or doing using wordplay to say 
it happened, but it didn't happen, or we're going to wipe it clean from our minds. And it, it, I hate the structure because a lot of other companies outside of this genre does it as well. And I'm pointing at WWE. They do it all the time with their fan base and try to hide it, hide history and hide everything that they're doing and not even own up to what they're doing. It's stubborn, it's egotistical, and it needs to stop. And, and it, what's even worse is because you have fans who don't fight, who settle. And that needs to stop as well. People need to find their own value in what they're doing. They need to find value within yourself as a fan and as a consumer. Just plain and simple. When you do that, when you, when you start demanding better, we get better. That's just how it works. And the more people that demand better, because then you're messing with their money and they don't want to mess with your money. But when they get into a state of mind and they get into a certain level in their establishment where they figure they're making so much money and people are going to keep, you know, um, absorbing money from their from their fan base and their demographic that they don't care if they mess up once or twice. They're not going to feel threatened. We need to make them feel threatened in a sense that just taking their money away. It, it just has to be. I, that's how it's always worked. I believe the only reason why this one got so much attention, though, and I'm saying uh, Crystal, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is because of the hype that they promoted and the involvement of Keanu Reeves in WB Games. You know, it was highly promoted for like years in this development and then they all of a sudden added Keanu Reeves to it and got people excited and then also they um you know and, and then it got a lot of exposure from that you know it's Keanu Reeves for God's sake and I feel really bad for him because since he signed on for this game it's just been nothing but hell for him <laughs> in this case I haven't even looked at his Twitter page to see if he's just glossing over or whatever he's doing because I know people are probably Tell I, I knew I don't think people are bashing him because it's not his fault. I would hope not, because that would be idiotic. He signed on to be a part of it. He did his part. He did his roles. He's it's he's not going to he he's not responsible for the condition of the game. He's responsible for taking on a role, doing a part, getting doing voices, and you know he never thought that this was going to happen. It was it was done by WB Games and then also CD Projekt Red who successfully did the witcher 3 or the witcher series which by the way witcher 3 i was told i got witcher 3 for the nintendo switch and by this time that game was already fully developed and taken care of and patched up i heard um it went through the same day one patch situation that cyberpunk is going through now and that's why they figured they could get away with it this time around but it just it got way bigger because now you got a major name involved in it and now it's going to get a lot more attention so as rainer said though i also hope this trend of day one patches end and in its place game developers who take their time to make sure solid games are made in other words do in other words pretty much take the square enix route do what square enix is doing i know people always complain about them coming out and doing uh taking like years to a decade to make a game but guess what who complains about the game when it comes out nobody nobody i mean i didn't all right 
no in terms in terms of uh, bugs and glitches no and but in terms of whether the game is good or not that's a whole nother thing like i i particularly didn't care for kingdom hearts 3 as much as i would like to and a lot of it a lot of it had to be because they kept promoting it but never giving it a release date and promoting it and hyping us up to get excited about it but never getting a release date now in that sense i would say to square enix don't mention anything like mention that you're making a game but don't mention anything until you have a release date because i think the downfall of kingdom hearts 3 was that they kept dangling the proverbial carrot with that and then all of a sudden we still don't have a release date for this game and it's been over four years or something like to that nature and we know how great they make these games but it's just like you keep saying it's coming out but it's not coming out and then you extend it for another year well people get fatigued after a while so in terms of promotion i would not even you can mention in an interview don't make a whole pageantry out of it by doing a big trailer or a gameplay presentation about it that's going to fatigue people out and it, it, it's that's what happened with kingdom hearts 3 so but other than that you know when it comes to their development it's solid always solid gameplay is always solid gameplay is always fluid special effects graphics all that stuff always fluid acting voice acting all of that fluid never had any problems with that so let's hope that this keeps going this need we need to keep talking about this every time we need to hold we need to hold these game companies accountable for it because we're investing in them and we're not spending we're investing there's a difference there is such a difference and I, and when it comes to games it is an investment to me because you're investing in the time to suspend your disbelief and to enjoy something to have a great experience if you're having some crap going on in your world you sometimes revert to games or reading comic books or anime or something like that. you want all of those experiences to be enjoyable to take you away that's why we're spending money on these streaming uh, apps and and in these streaming services and in these game consoles and you know and these you know comics we want the experiences to take us away we want to be entertained not being taken for granted or taken advantage of and that's what happened with right here so continuing this let's run down the controversies of cyberpunk 2020 by way of project cd red because <laughs> it is crazy and i did not know about any of this um you can also find this in this issue of game informer as well but i'm gonna just run down a little bit about this and they got a, there's a lot more in detail of this it's just crazy this month's issue of game informer also ran down the chronological events of project cd red leading up to the release of cyberpunk 77 and it is surreal and again disappointing coming from the people who gave us witcher 3 which i said also had similar day one patch issues as well some of the crazy actions by the development company included a number of cases of offensive transphobic tweets and if i knew this before i would probably wouldn't even invest in the game at all at this point um because of the fact uh, i never saw the tweets itself but this is what i'm reading off a of game form the company was also under fire after performing labor practices mandating their staff to work six day a week shifts while promising that cyberpunk would not result in forced crunch times i don't know if a lot of you remember but ea games electronic arts 
did the exact same thing I believe around the late 90s into the 2000s when they started producing and developing games for Lord of the Rings at the time the the, the game that game series was unstoppable it was making a ton of cash which led to uh ea creating and building an entire new studio and i mean the at the time the most stated ar studio you could possibly find the studio had everything from you know the highest technology that they could buy that they can afford um game rooms kitchens I mean, you name it. It was awesome. You could probably, I don't know how, gaming, uh, this is when G4 was still out. That's how long ago this was. Um, and, you you know, Game Informer had a, did a quick tour in their magazine ages ago on this. It had, I, it may still have it. It had um, rec rooms, had sleeping quarters for people who were working too hard and they wanted to rest and they needed to rest up. They had, um, what else what did, they, did they have here? They had a, football field yeah like it was like a like actual football field or a court or something like that they had a lot of things that you could do while you were break taking a break from you know gaming and uh and and game developing and stuff and testing and all this stuff and it was awesome no doubt it was awesome it still is awesome but we come to find out later on that they were this place was not a state-of-the-art game studio but it was actually a prison camp because lo and behold there were talks about them mandating uh practices of forced labor making them work way more hours than they were supposed to not even getting a chance to go home some of them had family and they were not able to see their family until this game until these games were done this led to a major lawsuit by the actual staff of ea uh you know against the company over forcing them to work more hours in crunch time which led to the term force crunch times and this was un highly unethical this is one of the reasons why i don't like messing with ea games and anything ea does because they're they've been known to be shady like ea stands for electronic arts i like to call them evil assholes <laughs> it's just it, it's it's sucked but there were so many different times ea can be considered the wwe of video games in some cases not to the, not to that respect because wwe has some they got some skeletons in their closet that is like man if you if you read some books and hear some interviews and some documentaries i hope no other company is like that and i'm surprised that I'm not surprised that this company is still around, but it is what it is. But um, it is, you know, now we got, we're hearing that this company is doing it too. Like we don't, we, we're repeating history and, and, and failing. <laughs> no, Bloomberg reported that the staff was already working overtime for a year to that note. You know, Bloomberg has already, was already covering this situation. On November, 2020, CD Projekt Red Joint CEO Adam Kishinik, uh, or uh, Kaczynski uh, said that on base consoles, Cyberpunk ran lower than uh, lower than on PlayStation 4 Pro and Xbox One X, but was still surprisingly good, which we learned was far from the truth. Look, let me tell you, when I played Cyberpunk 2077 on the PlayStation 4, that game normal like normally games on a playstation 4 look really really good 
But this game looked like a game that was played on the Nintendo Switch. And I say that, let me let me even further rephrase that. It looked like it played on the Nintendo Switch handheld mode, which if anybody knows, if you own a Nintendo Switch, when you play it on handheld mode, sometimes the resolution is at 720. Whereas if you play it on the, on the, um, on the TV mode, it goes up to 1080 at, as the highest for some games. But when you look at it, look at some games on handheld mode on play on a Nintendo Switch, you can see that some of the graphics is downgraded a bit, it's just so the so the frame rate can be better. This kind of did the same thing, only there was a lot a lot of glitches and bugs to it, and that to me was like, why am I looking at this game on my TV? <laughs> on my 4k tv and it looks like this it should not look like this at all so that was one thing right there it was clearly not far from the truth on that note december 14th just four days after the game was released cd project red issued a formal apology due to the poor performance of the game on last uh, gen consoles and again i still give them credit for this because again this is something that the other companies that i mentioned and maybe more never do they never flat out just tell you and i don't know if they were forced to because of this due to the circumstances of what they were doing like you know you got keanu reeves name on it and such and stuff like that you can't you know you got wb games on it like you got some high-end people backing your company up in development of this so jeez, <sighs> it's, it's just amazing just amazing in the midst of of the of this news um of its debacle i should say uh become one of the most it became one of the most talked about issues not only on social media but also news outlets everywhere including the daily show with trevor noah i can't believe i like he talks about games every so often but just like part of his joke this was a full-on you know segment that he that he talked about it was just crazy like the only other segment that he talked about in terms of gamings as a full segment was the gamestop wall street situation uh some just tells you one thing how big games uh, the gaming industry has gotten at this point so complaints of glitches and bugs which included male genitalia being exposed through layers of clothing uh that you choose for your character non-playable characters or npcs bodies becoming stuck through walls and more and i can t i can attest to that because i screen i did a screenshot of this and posted it on the acmp facebook group as well uh the severity of the game glitches and malfunctions led to sony removing them from their psn listing xbox on the other hand maintained their listing of the game but provided a disclaimer warning people that they're that possible poor performances due to the um no due to known issues now can i say that this reading that makes me even more prouder uh more proud pr i should say prouder owner of sony playstation products because they had the they had the 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 uh the courage or the assertiveness to say we don't want to have games that are that are upsetting our fan our, our consumer base we don't want to have games that are not complete we don't want to have games that aren't the quality that uh, based on the standard that we have meanwhile xbox is over here like we still want your money so if you just happen to want to still play this you go so you know to me that's a that is a moral and ethical thing and and you know when you compare and contrast the two companies microsoft knows that this game is is crappy yet they still put it out there it's like it's it's 
on your own risk. Meanwhile, Sony is like, no, we care about our fan base. We care about our consumer base. We care about the quality of games. We want quality games in our in our store. If this is not quality, if this does not meet up to standards and code that we're into, it's not coming. Now, I'll tell you what, Nintendo, if, if Cyberpunk was ever on Nintendo, it would never make it. Because from what I understand and for all the people that I've interviewed uh, on this show, all the game developers that I interviewed, they always talk about how Nintendo is very strict on their code to approve a game to be on their eShop. So that tells you right there. That absolutely tells you right there. Um, it's been three months and there's no sight of improvement yet. Like I said, I would probably jump on that game again, probably down the line if everything's all patched up. But at this point, it's, 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 it's utter shame because for the most part, I like the story of what Cyberpunk was doing. I may not be a fan of FPSs, but that story kept me long enough, but it was the glitches that kind of threw me off. So I don't know what to tell you. I just hope that in the future that they actually do better. I hope that everybody does better. I hope this will be a big lesson to all these gaming companies and game developers and publishers that are you know rushing people. Let's not rush. Let's not rush all this. Let's let them do their thing and get it out there. So let me go on to some other news here if you own the recent god of war game the one that recently came out a few years back you may want to jump back on it again especially if you own a ps5 because they just updated the game with an enhanced 3d uh frames per second they added 60 frames per second and they're allowing the game to flow faster and pace and which will give it a much more action-packed experience i had a chance to check it out and Oh, I am eager to play this game again, but I don't want to play it until we know when the sequel is coming out because I don't I, I it's a lot. There's a lot to game. Think and think PlayStation Santa Monica for allowing us to transfer over our save data because I learned that upon transferring all my save data to from um, the PlayStation 4 to the PlayStation 5, not all of it actually sent 2K games. Uh, so I wasn't able to get it all there, but uh, all of my save data is there. But not only that, now I get to play the game in 60 frames per second enhanced 3D, uh, which definitely makes a difference in, in terms of gameplay and, uh, and pacing and, and the frame rate. Uh, it looks awesome. And here's the thing. It, this is not a PS5 upgrade. This is just them upgrading the frame rate, the FPS, if you will. There's not really much of a difference in terms of uh, cosmetic beauty or cosmetic, um, you know, look with the character models. It didn't need to, to be honest. It looks awesome. The game looks fantastic as is as it was before. So I don't know what the hell they're going to do or what they need to do. I'm sure they can find better ways to enhance it, but god of war looks so great even in its ps4 state and now with the frame with the 60 frames per second added to it just even better it just goes to show like i it's hard for me to really tell that much of a difference between playstation 4 and playstation 5 at this time uh like i said i played um spider-man miles morales there's subtle differences it, it but it, when it comes to the ray tracing or the lighting i will tell you i, I will admit playing devil may cry 5 there's a difference there is a major i want to say major difference but a significant difference in the two and you could tell from the hair flow the textures um of course the ray tracing and lighting and such which the ray tracing does 
permit a bit of problems. I don't know if it has anything to do with the online community communication sharing or whatever like that, but there's been some crashes in that. But if you turn that off, it plays fluidly. Um, but it looks it looks absolutely fantastic. I love the way Devil May Cry looks on the PlayStation 5. But other games, not so much. It just, I, I'm, I'm waiting for that new look and feel that makes it really feel like a PlayStation 5. Like It really makes it feel like a new-gen system. So, But nonetheless, God of War is a game that if you haven't played it yet, if you haven't played that yet, where the hell have you been? Have, how long? If you haven't played that game, have you played the other God of War games? <laughs> to that extent but nonetheless um it is out it is available it's a free update and it's a welcome update as well so go out of your way to check it out uh for me i'm gonna i played just a little bit of it but i immediately turned it off i'm just like once i get that the release date that's when i'll jump in because i want to look back and really play that game as much as i am a fa i'm more of a fan of the first three games and I'm not just saying that because I actually had TC Carson on the show, uh, who is the original voice of Kratos. I love the story of that game. I may not be a fan of the third person action gameplay of it, but it was still great and epic. And I love when a blade of chaos finally came in. I, um, I really enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next, because that story, the story between Kratos and his son, Loki oh that's that's gonna be interesting so go out of your way and check it out when you can but it's free update and it's available now I believe the final thing that i want to talk about on this episode is the actually no i got two more things to talk about but i do want to talk about this because i thought this was awesome uh in hindsight of reading this also in the pages of game informer my thoughts on toshihiro negoshi who is the creator of yakuza of the yakuza game series uh and how he was able to create this action-packed crime series which is very similar in hindsight to the shinmu way of playing it's a very open world game much like shinmu um it takes a lot of elements from shinmu which is why you see a lot of yu suzuki elements in this as well and remember, I, I don't know if you guys remember i talked about this when reviewing judgment and uh yakuza like a dragon and I've always wanted to know who was responsible or how they were able to create a game that really mimics a lot of what Shinmu was doing and not have Yu Suzuki in it. Well, we we now have the answer and his name is Toshihiro Nagoshi. And it's an amazing story with him. Amazing story with him. And I'm a after reading about this on the Game Informer, I'm a complete fan. I would just read off some of the things, just some of the things because it, it, it's a lot to read in there and if you are a person who is able to read more than 280 characters you're gonna want to read this <laughs> so all you short attention spanders out there but um in hindsight i'll read off some of the bullet points of what i got from this so he talked about coming from a poor household growing up this uh, the story in here is very inspirational by the way too and something that i can relate to as well uh he grew up in a poor household growing up where his parents were victims of sizable of a sizable debt a lot of it having to do with his father his father uh having uh gambling problems now that's something I'm, i can't relate to my father never to his credit never had gambling problems something in that realm in that realm but nothing of that <laughs> still all bad in a case but 
he considered what he went through as a learning experience which gave uh, got him to where he is today and i that i can relate to because a lot of times a lot of the things i went through in terms of my family and such i used it as a reminder or a lesson on my own i learned from their mistakes and i, I it taught me to learn from other people's mistakes so that's what made me quite an observer in life because when i see something happen i take from that and then decide that's what I'm not going to do. I'm going to go around and maybe I should do this and maybe this will be a better solution. That's just anything, not do drugs, um, not rob anybody, not do anything stupid, not cheat on, you know, your girlfriend, stuff like that. You know, just things that actually should be common sense <laughs> and that'll keep you healthy and alive at, at, in, in some cases. So it, it got me this far. <laughs> so, um, Negoshi explains how he had no real direction growing up. That, that's something I can't relate to because I, I've, I've been an artist since I was born. I, I, it was discovered in second grade and I just started keep I kept it going from there and, you know, getting to where I am now. So he did have one dream, though, and that was living in Tokyo. When he graduated from high school, he, he left um, to find a new life uh, for himself there. For some reason, he felt that Tokyo was like it was almost like, I guess, me moving to California, I guess, because it's there's a lot to there's a lot of always cool stuff going on in California. Uh, you got San Diego alone, which always has San Diego Comic Con. So imagine if I lived there or like I said, if I moved to Japan, that would be my type of dream type of situation. So, you know, he had that ambition at best. And I figured I think that he believed that he could find his path in Tokyo. So he, he ended up moving there. In 1980, he moved to Tokyo to study movie production in college, but never really accomplished anything from his learnings as a Japanese film, um, as the Japanese film industry wasn't as successful or lucrative um, of a business at the time. So yeah, I again, I, I went to school for art and design, didn't necessarily get a job in that field from a company standpoint, so I had to create my own. <laughs> and end up you know doing it my way and being able to try to find worth you know being black and a graphic designer it's not always the beneficial thing so you when you are not afforded opportunities you have to make your own opportunities here and that's exactly what he did that's what i did it makes sense i understand this clearly i empathize with him while unsuccessfully uh well, I'm, let me repeat that while unsuccessful in acquiring a job in uh film he came across opening an opening at of all people Sega! although he did not think uh he had uh what it took to do it he just applied any just for the hell of it he just just for kicks is what he put it on uh, in the article so lo and behold he got the job and was hired by sega's am2 development team where he worked with none other than the one and only Yu Suzuki, where he worked alongside him to develop legendary titles such as Virtual Fighter, Virtual Racing, and of course, Shinmu, once uh, known to be the most expensive game ever made at the time. Like, Shinmu cost millions, and you, game companies never paid millions. And it also may have been the downfall of the Dreamcast as well. <laughs> um, when talking about how the Yakuza series started, he mentioned how it almost didn't happen after the after the ones after the once powerful gaming company decided to downsize and become a game publishing company after being nintendo's biggest rivals for over a decade 
due to the failure of one of the most cult favorite game consoles of all time and that is the sega dreamcast he was removed from am2 and was appointed to work with sega's semi-autonomous studios after yu suzuki left the company without finishing the much anticipated shinmu 3 and Nagoshi um and wanted to create something of his own in the former yakuza he said that at the time it was a huge risk one uh that not everyone in sega felt it was worth taking yakuza is not a game for children or for the western market or that's what they thought it was wasn't at the time like the western market loves it <laughs> okay the western market i i'm from the western market i know a lot of people from the western market we played this game we love the series i particularly love uh song of life yakuza 6. so um while at first they rejected the proposal to develop the game ceo hajime satomi from sega sammy because uh became interested in the concept after footage of the game was snuck into a presentation of upcoming sega games that is awesome let me tell you that is that is the assertiveness that people need thanks to Negoshi's assertiveness and persistence saitomi decided to invest in the project and yakuza was born let me tell you something the results of this game led to critical acclaim selling over 230,000 copies in the first year as well as multiple sequels and spinoffs in the game if you haven't played spinoffs it's on a psp I, I i've played two of them at the time you know that's how much of a fan i am of the yakuza series it's awesome it is awesome not to mention they made a fist of the north star version of yakuza too you can't beat that and i that's a game i need to play again that game was so awesome you can read the entire article in detail on the latest issue of game informer available now and i wanted to read this because i know that there are a lot of people out there rather listening to this show or even on social media who feel that they don't have what it takes or they don't have the encouragement to get out there and do what they want especially nowadays because of what the economy is and everything and it's almost a lost sight of hope and here you got a guy even though it was in the 1980s he still he lived like it was now his life as a child was that of almost similar situations of what some people are living now so i say that to say that there is never loss of hope if you keep having the the passion to really want to do something and even and once he found his passion he ran with it he absolutely ran he didn't have it at first but he ran with it but once you find it run with it give it your all and trust me it'll benefit because if that wasn't the case you wouldn't be hearing me right now and trust me i am very grateful for the hard work that i put into not only this show but everything that i've done in the last six years in the last nine years or the last 16 years that i've done because i i do it for the love i do it for the passion i do it for the fun but i gotta work hard to have fun in doing so so i highly recommend to those whether you want to be a game developer or more or anything this is a very inspirational story to listen to it is awesome i highly recommend checking this out in the latest issue of game informer all right the last bit of news i'm going to talk about here is something i never thought i would talk about ever and that is my experience playing and beating my first resident evil game i don't know why the hell i decided to do this i don't know what's going on in my world 
this may be a midlife crisis, a crisis at best, but I find myself playing a game in a genre I never thought I would actually play. Resident Evil is the last game I will find myself playing here ever since the first one. I played the first Resident Evil and I don't think I got past that damn dog breaking into the damn window. I knew exactly what type of game this is and how I'm not going to be one of the one of those black guys that get left off in a horror movie. <laughs> I was out. I, I look Resident Evil to his credit is legendary. It is awesome. It spawned Unimusha and it also spawned Devil May Cry. I am grateful for it, which I love those two games. But in hindsight, for some reason, I felt like I don't know why I it, something just drew me to want to play this. But, you know, in in, in the Nintendo eShop, there are a bunch of games on sale. There are always a couple of games on sale, but there's some huge game sales right now, which I highly recommend you all jump on if you own a Nintendo Switch. Resident Evil series was in there. All the series is in there. Um, I particularly was intrigued by six. I don't know why. I just decided to look at it, check it out, and I'm like, this game looks pretty heavy for a Nintendo Switch game. You know, I shouldn't sleep on any Nintendo Switch games because a lot of the PlayStation 4 titles end up being in the game. Sometimes not to the power capacity of a PlayStation 4, but some of them do. Some of them are. Like, you can look at a game on a PlayStation 4 and look at it on a Switch. Don't see a difference. You wouldn't know the difference. Um, so I looked at this. Also noticed the price tag was $14.99. So I'm like, because it was, they cut it off a bit. So I'm like, all right. And then also, furthermore, there was a demo available. And I'm like, all right, the best thing I could do is play this demo and see if I, see how it is. I wasn't even intending to get this thing. So I played the demo of Resident Evil 6. And I've learned to discover that this version is a little bit more action-based, which is right around my alley. I'm not a third-person shooter fan, per se, but, you know, had is had a little bit of an action base. Like the, I like the fact that, like, when you do the melee, there's some environmental attacks. Um, there's more than just one hit when you do this. So I, I didn't mind that. I played Gears of War, and I couldn't get down with that because it was just, it was all fire play, no melee. And I'm not usually a fan of fire play. This one had a little bit of a little bit more of a balance of, you know, melee and fire play. You know, like I said, if you're, you can, you know, crush zombies in certain areas and environments or whatever like that. But you also had the gunplay as well. And it, not only that, they also made it a little bit more player friendly this time around. And it wasn't as frightening as the other ones were because the other ones were more, you know, traditional this one is said to be not and in fact i learned that a lot of gamers especially hardcore resident evil fans aren't really a fan of this one because of the way that they did it because of the interlocking storylines and everything but guess what it was also the storylines that really kept me going in this thing this is i can compare this to a suspense novel it's like you don't want to you don't want to get into it it's not really your pill but once you get drawn into it the story draws you in more and you don't stop like literally i'm not joking last night i went to bed at one o'clock and i was intended to go at like 12 or 11 30 because I, I i you know i wanted to get some sleep at least more than like seven hours of sleep no i was playing leon's um story mission and the story just kept drawing me in i love the character development i love uh the interest of him and ada wong and you know I, and i and before that i was playing chris redfield's um deal 
which was part of the demo. And I really, I hate, to, I, I, I hate to admit this. I, I hate the game. I hate the game, but I hate it because I love it. <laughs> and I hate to admit it, but I, there's something that is appealing about this game that I love. And as a casual fan, that should say something. Because I know hardcore fans are all into the, 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 the like the, the traditional way. I'm starting for some reason. That's why that's how much this game has got to me. But <laughs> the traditional way of the way they do it is not the way I want to play it. Like, I don't want to be scared out my ass every single damn time. I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> this one in particular had its moments. Like, the Leon story mode had its moments in the beginning, especially. But then it goes into a more action-packed type of thing. I mean, there's different ways of gameplay. There's them on a road or them on a plane or whatever like that. And it, 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 the thing that I took from this, and I know people didn't like it, but I also, with this up here, because I never played the games up you know five four three two and one completely uh, completely what it took for me is that like this looked like the climax to the umbrella corp saga and at this point you had to have gone this far like everything around the world at this point not just raccoon city but around the entire world has been affected by these viruses and now yeah it, it has to get this big it has to go this far you can't keep stealthing yourself away and everything like this it i felt like this i felt like the game did what it did because it was the appropriate thing to do and i can't speak for it but just from a story and narrative standpoint if it's getting bigger to a point that it doesn't all you know conform into a house or a building and it's now going into the cities and everything it's it's getting to that point you know it's is getting to that point that it needed to be this way now as far as the interlocking parts of it i can't speak for that as well but i like the interlocking stories of it i like that it answers some of the questions of what leon was doing at the time while chris was doing something else and then they also meet for one second or time and i, I was i also learned that this was the first time that chris and leon were together in one game for the first time ever so i thought that was cool too because you know leon premiered and you know resident evil 4 which he, he became a fan favorite to many uh chris redfield was always a mainstay ada wong i'm learning more and more about uh she is a enigma <laughs> if you will i known her for a long time i know about the storyline on whisker and all this stuff because they appeared in other games as well so i was well aware of their characters but not to the totality of what they are really about but she's kind of like an in the gray type of character in here she's also a playable character in this game too i haven't played through all of them but i would tell you this um I, 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 I really, I, I seriously hate to admit that I really enjoy this game, but in hindsight, you know, the hardcore may not like it, but I, as a casual fan, I actually enjoyed it. I actually really, really enjoyed it. There's really nothing wrong with the game in terms of gameplay or anything like that. There was no glitches or anything, no crashes again, because they took their time to make it and it came out solid. But I would say if anybody has never played, um, Resident Evil games, I would say try this one first because i think this is a and then maybe if you like it go back to the other games now the question is do i like it enough to invest in the other ones ah uh, not entirely <laughs> not entirely I, I i do like the story i understand that it's now more science than supernatural and that was the other thing too i'm like i don't know i don't know but now that i see that it's more science than supernatural and it's actually you know the umbrella corporate which by the way also makes me understand the movies 
a little bit more now because at the time when i stopped playing uh resident evil i didn't also follow the storyline as thoroughly as everybody else i was always wondering why the main character had powers or whatever like that and what was the deal so it almost makes me want to watch the movies now to really invest in what was going on in the movies in terms like i didn't understand like this is supposed to be a horror series why is she having powers and why i didn't i did not get all that but now i get what they did and why they did it and it I'm starting to make sense um so i you know for me i was looking at it with the lack of information with the lack of knowledge of the genre now that i played this game and kind of get an understanding a little bit more of what's going on i am a little bit more intrigued about watching the movie so i may seek every single i've saw the first resident evil and it felt it was okay but um now i'm interested in the other one see how they go I, there's a cult fan base for those movies and see but as far as anything i did beat this game and i can now put in my gaming bucket list that i beat a resident evil game um whether this will make me a complete fan of it i don't know i doubt it because I, I just these games don't excite me and the other thing that i think that really kind of took me away from it is that all right we're in resident evil 6 they already no let me let me rephrase that we're in resident evil 7 biohazard which already came out and then village is coming out again my thing is you got these you know biochemical uh weapons and is and this virus that turns people into zombies this is a high level form of technology so why is it that all of the all of the characters all of the military all of the uh officers and police um people the swat teams everybody why are they just shooting normal artillery why is the arsenal not upgraded as well like at this point but i can understand back in 92 or 93 whatever when this game came out because you know the t-virus was just a new thing you weren't prepared you were using old arsenal i would have thought by the time you got to six they would have developed some type of tech that allow you to be able to fight back these things and i guess they wanted you to it's a survival horror so i guess they wanted you to say like all right we only have these tools <laughs> we, I'm like, you got Umbrella Corporation who's creating all these forms of viruses and technology to create these crazy ass monsters. You can't create a weapon that can take these guys out better laser wise or explosive wise or I, I, I you know, I, I just, I, to me, I'm like, why am I still shooting on a, on a shotgun or a semi-automatic or whatever? Like they do, but so much, but eh, I would have loved a little bit more action to that extent. And I think that's why it takes me away. That's why I stick to De uh, Devil May Cry. Because here you got Dante, who's a, uh, a, a a half demon, if you will. And he just slaughters those monsters. Like, by the time Resident Evil 6, 7, 8 comes, we should be far beyond that now. Like, you shouldn't be trying to survive on a, on a pistol with regular bullets. They should be far beyond these damn bullets at this point. So, that's my piece on that. But, you know, for what it's worth... I enjoy it if you haven't played resident evil games before and you're hesitant i would give six a try six may want to ease you into the rest of them and make you want to uh do it. i could definitely tell you the story is just story is is where is where you're going to get grabbed at is what they're going to draw you in so i might have to take a break for that because it, it's it, it it draws me in too much 
in a, in a sense and i might just get engulfed in this whole thing speaking to take a break we're going to do so right now and uh come back with our final stage review and talk about what i want to see and what we need to see in 2021 we'll do that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley flanagan the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle abear the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of team titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on talk time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg talk time live Measure the hatred, empathize with my anguish, but I've been recreated. See, I bided my time, calculated and waited for my moment to rise and reap my repayment. My whole life was a lie. Everything I love and held sacred was spit on, defied, poison corrupted and tainted. I died as a human, cast down and forsaken. My soul was exhumed. Reborn a one-winged angel. Revenge wasn't enough. Look at these corporations, so much greed and corruption, and people the puppets crawling about through the slums. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the final stage of this program. We're going to talk about what I want to see and what we need to see in 2021 in terms of the games that are being released, how we should expect this new genre of game consoles should perform, and how we should react to game developers as fans we're going to talk about all that but let's talk about the games first i mean there's a lot of great games coming out we those who who own a playstation 5 and xbox series x or series s you know we're we got a new game system but we don't have new games yet they have yet to develop new games in hindsight that's why we're still playing playstation 4 games for the most part right now because a lot of them have yet to come out and guess what take your time hopefully not too much time but take your time just make sure that it is all intact and ready for release when it comes out but i do want to talk about games that i'm anticipating right now so we'll start with that um even for the xbox side i i, w- I would like to see you know certain games because i know they always a step up every time they come out like uh halo halo infinite man i'm waiting for that to come out it's coming out in the fall for xbox um i'm not a first person shooter fan but i love the design of halo so much so that i wish that they would make a third person action game based on just letting you see master chief do all of the cool things that he does in first person mode this is why i hate first person uh shooters because you just got a one point perspective eye view of everything else but you and I'm, i'm the type of person that you know if i design a character i want to see that character move Like, I'm a Spider-Man fan, and I love the Spider-Man games because you get to see Spider-Man do what Spider-Man does best. Imagine if Spider-Man was in first-person mode, and you wouldn't be able to see all the cool things that he was doing. And then, even furthermore, you would be in first-person mode as he's swinging through New York. Do you know how airsick you would be? (laughs) Or nauseated you would be doing that? So I am very glad that they're 
they have third person action mode on that one but i mean to each his own i do like some first person games that i've played uh overwatch was a lot of fun even though it didn't have a tight story to it except for that of the the short films that you got to see throughout you know time but i'm looking forward to overwatch 2 because they are going to have actual story mode to that whenever that comes out so i'm i'm looking forward to that um there's a lot of really cool games coming out soon uh kenna bridge of spirits it looks like a, a really cool action-based series uh, with that one um bio mutant i just saw some some images of that that this is a game this is going to be like a, a character mascot game where you got this animal like creature who's sort of looks like a samurai in here but um experiment 101 who's the developer of this this thing looks incredible this looks next gen this game i mean right from the the, the layers of hair in the in the character's um fur to the environment it looks stunning it looks very next level to me um like which looks like actually a definitely a step up from what we're seeing right now on the on most the starter playstation 5 like i i keep telling people the playstation 5 games that are out now they're not at the level yet i think down the line in a year or two we're going to see some incredible incredible games that is going to contrast itself from what it looks like from the playstation 4. right now there are a lot of playstation 5 games that still kind of look like playstation 4 games and i remember as i mentioned devil may cry 5 isn't one of them the definitive version with the virgil um story mode in there definitely looks different from the other one it looks like a step up but this biomutant looks incredible uh horizon um forbidden west which is horizon zero dawn sequel that is going to look incredible as well um man so much so many uh ghost wire this is another this now this one i'm interested in this is a first person i don't know if you want to call it a first person shooter but this looks like more first person action because you're gonna you're not gonna have guns in it in particular you're gonna have like powers this i might be able to mess with this i can work with so um that looks interesting i know um people are looking forward to death loop um and uh just a, a hunch a whole a bunch of others i definitely tell you final fantasy 16 i am so excited for i am so so excited for i i got a feeling that game is not coming out in 2021 i think that's a 2022 game and i guess what let them take their time because they're also working on the sequel to final fantasy 7 as well but i will say this um if it's not coming out actually you know what i wouldn't be surprised if i i they've never come out with two final fantasy games in one year it'll be interesting to see which one comes first whether it be the sequel to final fantasy 7 which is rumored to have zach on air uh or Final Fantasy 16. I think Final Fantasy 16. I will. I will even predict that Final Fantasy 16 is going to be a 2020. I think it's going to be 2022. I think it's going to be 2022. I, I think they're going to take their time with that, and it's going to eventually come out. I honestly, I am. I am looking very much forward to that game, but I really want to play the sequel to Final Fantasy 7 because that game was my everything in 2020 it's <laughs> so everything i know other people are looking for psychonauts 2 that was long awaited as well and that's set it to come out this year uh season which is uh 
very interesting because they're getting the development um the developers for that game uh scavenger studios is under some fire as well with their with their crew overwatch 2 still hasn't been announced and i think i have reason to believe that um COVID may have something to do with why that has that why that's not going to be released yet either um i tell you what gotham knights both there's two batman games that's supposed to be coming out soon but uh gotham knights is scheduled to come out in 2021 by wb game montreal very much looking forward to that it's part of the reason why i was excited about getting the uh playstation 5 when i saw that trailer it was uh both batman games that are coming out so looking forward to that uh lord of the rings fans is going to be happy when they come come out with their game coming out hogwarts legacy of course you know there's a ton of different games the one thing i feel is missing is fighting games and that's where guilty gears drive is coming from sadly that's the only game that is coming out in the fighting game genre right now i feel like there is becoming a drought in fighting game development and we need to get that back in gear because i haven't played a new fighting game in quite some time and that is discouraging to me because of all genres that i like playing is fighting games i know it's a bit some more simplistic but the last game i played was mortal kombat last year and it was awesome but there hasn't been one since nobody's been able to compare to that let me tell you how much of a shortage we have in fighting games fighting game the fighting game genre was so short that i believe as a filler at the game awards they added one uh one punch to the category of best fighting game and it is a fighting game but it's not the deepest fighting game in the world I, I've, i'm playing that game now it's not the deepest thing ever like it was no way it was going to beat mortal kombat not in a million <laughs> okay but guilty gear strive if that was in there i think it would have kicked uh one punch man out and in favor of that because that game looks so beautiful and if i'm correct from what i saw they have a new character in there and he's the first black character ever in this game and he looks fantastic i am looking so forward to playing that game as well so there's going to be a lot of games coming that i think is really going to take advantage of what the playstation 5 and xbox series x is about and i I, I just can't wait um we also got bayonetta 3 that still hasn't been announced but there are talks possibly rumors that there may be some news coming in that realm as to when that's coming out platinum it, platinum uh studios is one of my favorite studios ever they are awesome there there's not i i can't think of one platinum games um title that i haven't played and enjoyed like astral change was awesome teenage mutant ninja turtles was fun transformers devastation is my favorite transformers game of all time thanks to them uh then you got bayonetta series you also have um wonderful 101 which i finally played last year as well uh thanks to them bringing it back out it's just they do so good they they do extremely well for what they do and they make really fun action titles i will say the only one that i think is the weakest of the bunch is probably legend of korra unfortunately it's like it's not a bad game but it's not like the best game it just it, it didn't implement any of the strengths that the other games they've made had but it, it's it's playable it's it's playable i wouldn't say as in, as as fun and enjoyable as the rest but you know they probably learned from that and moved on from there so um we also got the new god of war series that is coming out we got perfect dark for people that is you know come you know just a lot fable for the uh, xbox uh people out there it, it, there's there's a lot coming out that i am looking forward to and um what is the one 
that uh, I just put up on, actually literally just put up on uh, ACMG Facebook group, Scarlet Nexus for Bandai Namco, which looks ever so promising. Absolutely, absolutely promising here. Um, that's not coming out to the summer. And, you know, Bandai Namco, if you follow Bandai Namco on social media, you always get some extra uh, looks at what they're going to be doing with the game. It's definitely going to be a third-person action RPG. And the recent one they just did was like 20 minutes ago. And they just upgraded, uh, updated us with the look of the brain map, which is kind of the... Um, the leveling up system the the uh, rpg system that they have in there to level up your character to become more stronger than they are before so a lot of this is going to be you know your your typical action rpg but it just looks absolutely stunning with the anime character design and development on there and such so there's just i mean there, it's coming like if, if people aren't convinced of what that game is going to look like right now not to worry because i think in due time these games are going to look awesome so that's what i'm looking for in that case um i'm looking for games that are going to look like it's worth buying a playstation 5 for and right now we don't have that but the good thing is we are able to play backwards compatible games from the playstation 4 maybe some from the playstation 3 of what i heard that may be coming down on the line too um but i am grateful that i can still play a lot of my games in there because i would have been really mad if i wasn't able to play like fist of the north star or any of those other games that i've played before like it, it, backwards compatible has been a long time coming so the good news is that they smartly put that in so we can at least play these games in a better format than we have before like i just said god of war is now in 60 frames per second so this is a great way to you know entertain us until all these new games come out and when it comes out it's going to be awesome is it I, I guarantee that it's just going to take time i think two three years from now we're going to see some high quality games that fits the format of this whole thing. What I want us to see in 2021, and we just talked about that at the beginning. We want to see more game developers, more high end game developers. Let me say more triple A game developers really respect their consumer fan base. It can't be all about the money. You cannot develop. For the money you know if you look back if you if you go to talktimelive.com and the exclusive page and you listen to some of the interviews that i had with some of the game developers that i've had uh over the years and in, in recent one thing is in common they all were former employees of some major game companies and i mean major major game companies and they decided to leave on their own because the integrity of the art of game developing was being lost in its place for profit. And that's what we don't want. And they wanted to make a game that was clearly fully for the game. And a lot of the interview, a lot of the people that I interview wind up being award winning game, um, game developers, indie game developers, because they create games that are all about the heart of the games. That's what we need. We need these high end, the EAs, the the Capcoms, the Segas, all of them. I'm not just going to point out, you know, Crystal Dynamics and all that stuff because I've already said enough about them, but I'm just talking about all of them in general. Take a lesson from what's happening this last year and really go back to the heart of what made games fun and, and why, why you were making money in the first place on these games. It, I, stop making games with the intention of profiting more. Like, I don't want to see Tech McCoy 
come out with Dead or Alive, which is 60 bucks, and then have all of these outrageously priced packages for $49.99 more or $9.99 just for the just for like it is not even extra game characters for like DLC clothing I don't want to see that I don't think anybody wants to see that I don't think any smart person wants to see that nor will they invest in it it is ridiculous first of all if you're investing in more than a hundred bucks for a fighting game just so you can get them wearing skip you know scantily clad clothing you got some problems you got some problems and i need you to check that out because that just makes absolutely no sense at all um <laughs> at all so please you know there is tinder of course i mean put all that money in and invest in other ways of you know intimacy not dead or alive i i'm just saying but you know you got companies with these microtransactions and it, it, the integrity of the gaming industry and the art of that gaming industry it's falling because these you have these companies who are taking these practices that you first saw on like mobile gaming to ahead and, and unfortunately there's a fan base out there of people who are not even in the united states these, like there's a whole fan base outside of the united states that are buying into all of this like vietnam and all this stuff like there there's a whole entire fan base out there that are like spending hordes of money on these mobile games and all this stuff and this is why they do it we the thing is we have the power we absolutely have the power to stop them from actually doing this to us in a way that like trying to you know hemorrhage all this money from us from a gameplay experience that we and the bad part is a lot of us won't be playing like one or two games the entire year we're gonna be buying multiple games so i it's 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 crazy i would tell people i would tell people also the, the, the consumers the gaming consumer community keep track of what you're paying for keep track of what you're paying for and realize how much you put into the game and ask yourself is it worth that experience you got to really use critical thinking even when you are gaming i mean you just have to i want to see smarter gamers out there i want to see i want to see cautious gamers out there you know i want people to really think of what you are getting yourself into what they're what you're investing in and what they're providing you know and I'm, I'm talking from experience not only as a gamer myself but also as a multimedia developer who creates promotions for his clients and to attract their target audience so if you go past the idea of the promotion side you got to ask your questions beyond that you got to keep asking questions you got to keep looking into it not everything is what it seems make sure you get all the answers from it then you invest if it is worthy but some things are just not worth it and people end up getting caught in a web of deception from these game companies like cd project red and 2k games and ea and all these other ones and chris dynamics as well who at the end of the day they went they end up patching things up but at the same time it's like some of them don't get patched up like i said 2k 18 for the switch was a failed experiment even though it's a it was it's a lot more solid of a game now than it ever was it's still a debacle blind squirrel worked on it with uh wwe they were the third party that was working on the uh on the switch version it was met with with the same problems 
that many people were having out. They, they brought it out too early. It was more like a beta test. And I remember talking to customer service at the time for 2K games and their customer service absolutely sucks. They were denying all actions that were going on. They were denying that, you know, everything, there was no, any problems with the system. They knew that there was problems with the system, yet they were, the customer service people couldn't admit it because they, it was their job not to admit it. We don't need this type of unethical and immoral type of actions and practices from these people. We just don't. We want to see more developers come out with solid games and to be able to, you know, be held accountable for their actions. We need them not to be rushing these things out. Like, again, take it from the, the Nintendo's, the Square Enix's in the past. Don't, don't rush these games. We, on the other hand, what we also need to see is us as fans become more patient. I think we lack patience and we want everything to come. We have this false sense of entitlement that it, false sense of entitlement by way of anticipation that we have to have these games out when they want it. And we're putting pressure on these companies to bring them out and they have a time and they have a, a, I know they have a, 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 um, what is the term? Uh, you know, they, they have a, a goal date that they have to do, you know, we all have them. I have them for my clients, you know, but in some cases you can't project when this is going to come out and forecast when this game is coming out and then end up having going into some problems. If there's problems that you might have to take longer to do it, but it's for the best because at the end of the day, your sales are going to be better. The reviews are going to be better. And, you know, if you, especially if you're creating a new game that has a new engine that hasn't been worked on before, you definitely need to put more emphasis on it to make sure. Again, in, in about a few days, or not, not even a few days, about a couple weeks, today is the fifth, about three weeks, Retro Soft Retro Studios is going to be coming out with uh, Retromania Wrestling finally, which is, you know, for those who don't know, it's an actual uh, 2D retro uh, wrestling game that takes you back to the days of the arcade wrestling style, but a little bit more updated with some updated features. Um, we had Mike Herman, who is the owner of RetroSoft Studios on here. I've mentioned him many times before. And this man has taken his time. This man has been absolutely transparent about his experience of developing this game. You can follow him on his YouTube channel on there and you see them say how much they have developed how much they still need to work on and how much um they messed up on certain things um in the in, in the development path but nonetheless they have been very transparent i deeply appreciate that they're not trying to hide from anybody and this is the this is the heart and soul of indie game development is that they're all about not letting their fans down it's all about the art of wrestling and you're now going to come out with a game that is the official sequel to WrestleFest for those who used to play the WWF WrestleFest game from back in the day. This is the sequel for it. And I'm looking forward to it because I know how much hard he put into it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping this game works out the way that he wants to, the way that we want to. But again, I appreciate what he's done for that. But we, and, and he had to, and, and again, here's the thing. He had to actually post, it was originally supposed to come out in 2020. He added so much more in there and he wanted to do so much and they still had all these bugs that they need to work through that he was not 
going to let this thing come out and rush for this thing to come out and kudos to him for sticking to his grounds and doing so because now he's coming out february 26 2021 and we may get a completely great experience 98 percent probably solid and probably a little bit more added to it as it goes along but i i am i'm i implore that every company look at companies like that and square enix and nintendo and look at that we as fans need to be patient we as it we're we're anticipating these games but we're not entitled to have these games come out when we want to we don't know half of what goes on behind the scenes for us to know what's going on but to some extent we know what we want to see at the end of the day at when it's all said and done and that is a great solid game so if it takes longer than it's supposed to have the respect to understand it if you are a person now if, like again if you are a person who works in the industry and can say that that i understand because if you work in an industry and you've been developing games for years upon years then yeah i can see you and, and you say that then all right then we need to listen to the person to the experienced person but if you're just a gamer a fan with no education or experience of how this is done sit your ass down and chill allow <laughs> it to come i want to play a lot of games that i am anticipating as well but i have enough understanding and respect to know that these things aren't done easily and coming from somebody who does what i do you know in the world of graphic design and stuff like that when building brands and stuff it takes time for this stuff to happen you know there's a lot that goes into it so you have to take that into consideration so i want to see that i want to see i want to see us be able to be patient give these guys a chance not rush them they i need to see them not to rush it so with that said i i'm, I'm looking forward to 2021 and and much much more because um uh, we need a lot of entertainment with everything going on right now. And the last thing we need is us having any experiences and not just gaming, but anime and comics and, and movies to not give us all that we have invested in. So that is my rant for that, folks. And that is going to do it for this episode of Select Start. Thank you guys so very much for uh, always chiming in on the show and, you know, being a part of this uh, ever growing community that we have here for select start again thank everybody who actually uh watch any of the interviews that we have or any the content that we have and the music that you're hearing is the music from the new black materia the remake album from mega ran and the one and only game chops aka dj cutman who um put out a hell of an album a hell of an album i highly recommend you go out and get it you can check it out on all different all their platforms you go to bandcamp as well check it out there uh go to djcutman.com or dj cutman's bandcamp page or game chops uh, bandcamp uh page and you can get it there as well and uh it's awesome awesome collaboration if you're a fan of the uh of final fantasy 7 and a fan of Mega Ran and a fan of Game Chops, you can't miss it. This is a powerful combination coming together. The best of both worlds. World's finest, if you will. Checking it out. So go out of your way to check it out there. Uh, there's not one bad song on here. And if you ever wanted to have a cliff note on what's going on in the world of Final Fantasy VII and the storyline, this album will definitely help you out there. So I really appreciate them being a part of talk time live i really appreciate all of that um the, all of what they do because they helped us they helped the quality of this uh podcast very much so folks you can also check this and every show out 
on TalkTimeLive.com, as well as our exclusive interviews on the exclusive page of TalkTimeLive.com. And if you want to subscribe and download and never, 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 never miss a beat of this show, you can go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Pandora, Pocket Cast, and Audible. And you, there's not one place you can't find Talk Time Live because ACMG, ACMG presents Talk Time Live is the best place to find all things anime, comics, movies, games. So, folks, that will do it for me this Sunday. SSS Grind, uh, Grindman, the latest anime that is being shown on what is it? Talk, no, what is it? What is this? Uh, it's on uh, Adult Swim right now. But they have it on two o'clock in the morning here in the U.S. I mean, here not in the U.S. in the East Coast side of the U.S. So, what happens is, for those who don't know, any Adult Swim shows that shows over at, like, say Naruto used to come on at like one or two o'clock in the morning here in the East Coast. Well, meanwhile, on the West Coast, it's a three-hour difference. So they get to they kind of show it earlier, and they don't have different stations. They don't have an East Coast station or a West Coast station. It's all being shown at the same time. So I don't get to see these things, but thankfully SSS Grindman is on Funimation. So I got a chance to check it out. I'm going to let me know. I'm going to let you all know what I think of that because there are a lot of people in the ACMG Facebook group that said this was a great series and there's a lot of crazy things that goes on throughout the uh, entire series and there's a really crazy ending part of it. So I'll be looking forward to talking about that and all of the news, including my thoughts on Coming to America 2. We finally got a trailer, so I want to talk about that and much, much more. So, folks, and of course, WandaVision, which is out today right now, and I had to turn off notifications because everybody's talking about that on the ACMG Facebook group page right now. So we'll be talking about all of that this week on the Talk Time Live Prime show. So, folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dex Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. People, have a great weekend and I'll talk to you soon. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.